Welcome to Evolutions of Astrology. This is Dina DiCastro. In this episode, I talk with Lisa Raffalo about the planet Jupiter in tarot and astrology. Long last, Lisa Rifalo and I continue the planet series. Uh, it's been a while since we did Saturn, and we're back with Jupiter. So I'm actually interjecting this, uh, this episode in between the series that I was doing on the midlife transits. I'm going to hold off until the end of July to do the midlife, uh, the next midlife episode, which will be the Uranus opposition. For a couple of reasons. One is that I have another interview scheduled with Gary Caton on the eclipses, and that's coming up in early July, so just in a couple of weeks here, um, right before, oh, not even a couple of weeks, gosh, we're a week away. Uh, it'll be right before the July 11th eclipse, and that'll be next week. Um, and so then after that, I'll take a couple of weeks and then come back with the, the Uranus opposition episode. Uh, that will have given me some time to experience my Uranus opposition a little bit more. Uh, I had my first exact hit, by the way, uh, when I was in Bakersfield, and I just wanted to update everyone on that situation too. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know from the last episode that uh, my father suffered a severe stroke in May, and I went down to Bakersfield for two and a half weeks uh, in late May and then the first half of June to, you know, kind of take care of his business and uh, visit with him and be with him while he was in the hospital. And he's doing a little better now. He's still in pretty, um, pretty serious condition, you know, in light of where he was to where he is now. He is uh, in convalescent care and will be in long-term care for the time being. But he is making some slow improvements as of the last couple of weeks. And that's, that's good, really amazing news for us because the first few weeks, we honestly really didn't know um, if he was going to make it. And uh, so good things there, you know, in terms of at least having some hope for the situation. And I've been getting so many wonderful uh, supportive emails from podcast listeners and friends and, you know, phone calls and it's just massive support. So thank you for that. Those of you who have done that. And um, I know many of you are sending energy and good thoughts and I can feel that and appreciate that too. And believe me, uh, being in Bakersfield, I really needed it. <laughs> no offense to anyone who lives there, but good Lord. Um, it was a difficult place for me to be. Let's just put it that way. Um, I'm not a, a dry, hot, dusty area kind of person. I live in Portland and I live in Portland for a reason. Uh, it's just very, you know, it's, it's very parched there. And so it was hard for me to be there climatically. It was a stressful time. And the first exact Uranus opposition was on June 8th, and I woke up in Bakersfield. And I thought, wow, well, this is really a surprise. Um, <laughs> you talk about Uranus 
transits is, is, uh, you know, being accompanied by surprising events. Well, I would not have been able to predict that I would wake up on my exact Uranus opposition in Bakersfield. Uh, that wouldn't have been something I could have or would have planned. Um, but life does funny things, doesn't it? And, uh, so I will be coming around to my next exact Uranus opposition in early August. So I'm, I'm looking ahead to late July to do that show because I'm sure that life will be showing me some new and exciting things around that time. So enjoy this continuation of the planet series with Lisa and the handouts for this episode will be, uh, I'll put a link up to Lisa's site, but Lisa will have them at her site. And I believe she's also going to be putting up this uh, episode in honor of her anniversary of the podcast. And I think it's four years. She can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she started in 2006. So huge accomplishment there. And so be sure to wish her a happy anniversary if you stop by her site. And until the next show, enjoy. Are you ready to talk about Jupiter? I am ready to talk about Jupiter. I can't believe how past due it is. I know. I think, like, I thought we were just going to re- wait and do it at the first of the year, <laughs> which is like six months ago. Yeah, I was looking back at uh, when we did Uranus. I think it was last fall. Wow. Or, or even before that. I'd have to, have to go back in the archives mm-hmm. and look. But, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> we've, been, we've been saying that we were going to do this for a long time and then... Um, yeah. So, all kinds of crazy things happened. All kinds of crazy things happened, literally. So I got your handout. So once again, I have handout envy. Really? <laughs> it was fun to do it. I haven't done one in so long. It's beautiful. All three of them. Yeah. I worked really hard on the notes. Yeah, you, I can tell. Reason. I could tell. No, they're awesome. So we could talk about a little bit just about the Jupiter from, do you want to just talk about it from the tarot perspective and then from the, or from the perspective that you gave in your handout and then I'll do the specifically astrological perspective. Sure. Actually, the thing I would just like to start out saying is like the God Jupiter seems so different to me than how I would, I think of Jupiter in the tarot. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that until I, you know, did my reading for it. You know, it's um, Jupiter, king of the gods, ruling over law and social order. Um, some of some of his things that he represents are, are his symbols. I'm jumping all over the place, but his symbols are the crown, the sword, the lightning bolt, throne, and eagle. And that just doesn't feel like um, Jupiter in the tarot. That much to me. I don't know how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. Jupiter in astrology. You know, the Jupiter in astrology uh, is, you know, as king of the gods, really is about that big, benevolent, large energy, you know, that is that comes across in a person who has a strong Jupiter in their chart, or if they have a big Sagittarius energy, Jupiter rules Sag. Um, and so there's that kind of grandiose, big, uh, you know, comes across very strongly (laughs) kind of energy. And that's, that's the only thing I can tie into the king of the gods. But a lot of those other things you mentioned, I don't, I don't see as really connected there. 
Right. When I, when I picture Jupiter, I picture like Father Christmas. Uh, totally. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> totally was going to say that. Yeah, that's, and in fact, I might have learned that somewhere along the way from another, from an astrology teacher, but that image fits the most for me. Because it's it's about the, you know, if you take the word jovial, mm-hmm. which is connected to the word jove, um, which is Jupiter, then it's it's about that jolly, generous, benevolent aspect that we commonly asso- associate with astrological Jupiter. And, you know, that may be the difference between, like, Greek Zeus, mm-hmm. who I would picture as being, you know, the lightning bolts and, you know, mm-hmm. when I, when I, t- it, and he seems more like the emperor and I, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And then for the Romans turning Zeus into Jupiter, I mean, that may be where the, the difference is. That there is a difference between Jupiter and Zeus. Right. Correct. Yeah. So I had the copy of the Picatrix from the Ouroboros Press and, but there's a new um, translation and I'm really excited about it. John Michael Greer and Christopher Warnock did a translation. I got it today. And so um, that's the Picatrix is kind of the source material for a lot of the like Renaissance magic and correspondences and as far back as we can find in writing, like things that the Golden Dawn did mm-hmm. or that are derivative work. Like Agrippa was derivative from Picatrix. And um, so, the, so the image of Jupiter from there is to make a magical talisman. And I thought I would tell, read it to you. Yeah. So um, it's an image. It's a crowned man sitting on a throne with four feet, carried by four winged men, and the man sitting on the throne is raising his hand as though he were praying. Mm-hmm. Actually, that seems so totally out of context. Then. And so that's the image for for Jupiter. Mm-hmm. If you were to make a magical talisman of Jupiter. Okay. And that would be to you would make a talisman for Jupiter to invoke Jupiter. Yes. Exactly. Right. And so when you invoke Jupiter, what does that mean in the in the magical or esoteric tradition? Why would you invoke Jupiter? Um, you would want things that Jupiter represents, like prosperity, good luck, optimism, justice, authority, abundance, their ideals and goals, mm-hmm. which are my keywords, or like luck with um, legal matters. Mm-hmm. Now, I always think of, Lib- of uh, legal matters as more of a Libra thing, mm-hmm. and that's probably because of the justice card. Yes, I would think so, too. Mm-hmm. But apparently, <laughs> from what I've read recently, legal matters are the domain of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that does make sense astrologically because Jupiter rules the ninth house, which is uh, the house of law, philosophy, religion. Uh, so that, that connects there. <laughs> I was, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got distracted because I was looking at where Jupiter was in my chart. And... <laughs> It's actually in the ninth house. Oh, okay. So it's in its own house, yeah. I assume that's a good placement. Well, traditional astrology would say, (laughs) Renaissance astrology would call Uh that a strong placement of Jupiter, yes. And what would modern astrology say? Modern astrology would say, uh, I would say, that it's not, uh, placements of planets are neither strong nor weak. Um, It is essentially what you make of it. Um, you can, you know, if Jupiter is not in the ninth house, that doesn't mean your Jupiter is not going to work. Uh, it's not as good as mine. <laughs> yeah, my Jupiter is not as good as your Jupiter. Yeah, exactly. 
(laughs) (laughs) But Jupiter's at home in the ninth house. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I don't, you probably know other origins, but the one um, origin of Jupiter that I thought was interesting is that he derived, you know, how gods turn into each other. That um, he was once the ram headed god Ammon. And that, that, that would be jumping ahead to say, I think, it, I know that the emperor has um, ram's heads on it because he's astrologically Aries, but it, it, it jumped out at me. But that was, that's also a um, symbol for that, that Egyptian god. Okay, so that came, that became the uh, the Greek god Zeus, who then became the Roman god Jupiter. Jupiter. Yeah. Interesting. It's funny because Jupiter is actually in Aries right now, as we speak. Oh, good. I didn't know about that, uh, the Ammon piece. So some of the. Um... Associations, and this is Renaissance magic again, which I adore, yeah. is the animal is the eagle. Um, anatomy, liver, thighs, feet. And I'm going to strike those two from my head. I'm sure it's groin, <laughs> not growth. Oh, well, it could be, you know, it could be growth, actually. It really could oh. because of oh. pituitary gland. Okay. And Jupiter is about. As far as, uh, you know, in astrology, Jupiter has to do with growth and expansion. And literally, I mean, physically, um, if someone has strong Jupiter aspects in their chart, they might be someone who tends to be a large person. Like, you know, that would be a, a Renaissance astrology kind of thing to say. You know, Jupiter on the ascendant, oh, this is going to be a big person, you know, or a mm. overweight person or... <laughs> Uh, or you could tend to put on weight. Uh, those could all be true. I mean, I've okay. I've actually seen correlations there with, with physical types and Jupiter energy. So did they look like that picture of Ju- Jupiter? That's what I think. <laughs> Not quite like that. Although my brother has um, Sagittarius rising mm-hmm. and Jupiter in the first, and he's uh, <laughs> he's six foot six. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big person. So I have listed the color blue mm-hmm. for the um, for Sephira and the metal tin, and that doesn't necess- that comes more from Golden Dawn mm-hmm. than it does from just general Renaissance magic. They would there's the colors are a little different. Um, it was kind of like the color of light was one of the colors for Jupiter, mm-hmm. and I've seen lead for tin. I mean lead for Jupiter, but that doesn't put them in the right order for going through the alchemical process. Right, and I really think of lead as strictly with Saturn. Right. Is that true? Yeah. And so even though I found in the Picatrix lead there, I was not going to go with it because... <laughs> <laughs> We've already done... We've yeah. already done lead. Yeah. And lead makes sense for, if you're looking at it, for the you know the order of the planets and the alchemical process. Yeah. So um, the esoteric title for the card... Um, which is the card is the Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. And it's the Lord of the Forces of Light. The intelligence is the rewarding intelligence. And the esoteric functions are riches and poverty. And they all work really well. Mm-hmm. For just gen- I think for general ideas about Jupiter. Yeah. Um, I, I already meant, ran through my keywords of prosperity, good luck, optimism, justice, authority, abundance, higher goals and ideals. Is there anything you would add? that for as major themes for Jupiter? 
Um, I would agree with all of those. And, you know, I would say the quest for meaning is part of what Jupiter is about astrologically. So it's the sense of the quest, adventure, searching, um, searching philosophically more than physically. Um, but all of those that you mentioned work. So do you look for, like, so <laughs> I'm curious about this. Um, in a chart, like somebody wants to, has reached the time in their life where they're re- they are looking for meaning. Mm-hmm. Not that that's any one time. Would you look for Jupiter then? Yes. I would say Jupiter is very much about the search for meaning um, and making meaning um, by looking at, you know, at our lives from above, not just at the little details. You know, Jupiter is really about going to the bigger picture and how we can look at our lives from above and look at that, uh, that big picture and try to make sense and meaning out of it. And where optimism comes in and faith as keywords for Jupiter is that, you know, when we when we get down in our lives, it's usually because we have a, a lack of a sense of that big picture. We have this feeling of, you know, being caught in the day-to-day minutia of things. Mm-hmm. And we can't, we can't get that sense of, well, what's the meaning? What's the purpose of all this? Why am I even doing this? You know, and that's when we get down. That's, and that's when your Jupiter function is down. You know, when you're, when you're not feeling that connection with what your higher purpose is, what it what makes meaning for you in life. So would you run through at least a few signs to, sh- to show, illustrate yeah. some of the difference in how people find meaning? Yeah, that's, that's good. So uh, Jupiter in Aries, let's just go with that because Jupiter's in Aries right now, actually. But people who have Jupiter in Aries uh, would get, get a sense of fulfillment and a sense of meaning and quest in their life from um, having new challenges always on the horizon. I mean, that's directly the thing that gives them a sense of meaning in their life. And to be facing fears and kind of, you know, slaying their dragons continually. So life becomes lackluster or meaningless for them when they are not challenged, when there's a sense that, uh, there's, there's nothing new to look forward to. There's no kind of way to channel that pioneering Aries energy. Um, you know, and another aspect of it, too, with the Jupiter is that when you go into the, that archetypal field of the sign, it actually can bring you good luck and it brings you gifts and benefits. Okay, so that's, that's also part of it. So when you approach things in that Aries kind of way and you're taking on something new, you're doing something adventurous and risky, uh, you're being bold and courageous, uh, that actually ends up bringing you Jupiterian gifts if you have Jupiter and Aries in your chart. So that would be different from, let's say, Jupiter in... I do want to hear about Leo. Oh, is that where yours is? Yeah. Okay. Well, I will just jump to Leo. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, Jupiter and Leo. You know, another fire sign uh, has similarities to Aries, but Leo is more specifically about creativity and creative expression. 
um, creative projects, you know, making art that is art in the sense that it is a symbol of who you are inside and, and putting yourself on stage in some way. So being dramatic and creating things with, with that kind of Leo sense of flair and drama um, is what brings you the Jupiterian gifts. You know, making products of your, of your creative inspiration and putting them out into the world for others to see and recognize. It has to be that kind of big notoriety piece with that. You know, and that's, that's something that, let's say you have other things going on in your chart that are not very Leo-like. So sometimes what happens is in the chart, there's these inner conflicts around. It's not as easy as just jumping into the Jupiter because there's always more, a more complicated picture, you know, with things mm-hmm. going on in our charts. Uh, but uh, the kind of the Holy Grail, I think, for us in our lives is moving towards that Jupiter energy because it brings the gifts and it gives us that sense of a quest. And so as a contrast, what would be the most different from the fiery? Hmm, I would say, you know what? I have Jupiter and Virgo, so I'll talk about that one, (laughs) which is really different. Um, For Jupiter and Virgo, refining and perfecting skills in a craft is is kind of the ultimate um, adventure and the ultimate challenge and the ultimate um, thing that brings the gifts and the goods and brings the good luck and the opportunities. And it's a difficult placement in some ways of, of Jupiter because Jupiter is about that big expansive energy just as a planet. But Virgo is about looking at the details and looking, scrutinizing, you know, oneself, scrutinizing um, the, the uh, creative urges and the creative product. And so, you know, there's that Jupiterian kind of big, large S, you know, doesn't get expressed the same as it would in a fire sign as in an earth sign like Virgo. But uh, still, you know, for the person who has Jupiter and Virgo, when I point myself in that direction of refining my skills kind of, you know, humbly and being willing to work on them, the gifts do come. You know, it takes a little longer. There needs to be a little more patience required. But those Jupiterian gifts do come and they do happen. So you would not get rewarded for slapping something together. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, some people do. Like, it's, you know, getting it to market really fast is important. Mm -hmm. But you would not get rewarded for that. I do not get rewarded for that. (laughs) And it doesn't feel good. Like, it wouldn't feel right to me. I would feel like I would be cheating myself and everyone else, you know. Because part of the the process of taking my time and learning and um, refining something and being very precise with it is is the very quest and the journey for me. And I would have missed the point if I slapped something together. And so that came up in the um, the Jupiter reading. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that, it was like the first card. I noticed that. <laughs> I did. I'm like, oh, there's that one again. I get that card a lot. We'll get there, but yeah, yeah. 
So um, for difficulties, it took me a long time of like looking around and, and reading about Jupiter to come up with anything that I thought was difficult. Mm-hmm. Easy for Saturn. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something, you know, difficult to say about Saturn. Oh, sure. And so what I, the first thing that came to mind is just everything is amplified. Yes. And it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's like good or bad. It just, it seems like Jupiter is, you know, an amplifying. Right. Right. It, it, that's very true. It, it magnifies whatever it touches. And if it's, you know, if for example, if it's transiting something in your chart and touches that, it's going to magnify all those issues that have to do with that planet so that you will, so that you can see them really big, you know, bigger than life. And that may not be your favorite thing at that moment to see. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not always, you know, benevolent in that way. And so then the, the other things that I was able to come up with sound like the seven deadly sins. So gluttony, indulgency, wantonness, wastefulness, greed, avarice, and dilettante. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that's all, to me, that's all the shadow side of Jupiter in the chart, too. Mm. Yeah. So if someone has, for example, really strong Jupiter in their chart, and when I say strong, I mean it's something that is, uh, let's say it's conjunct the, the ascendant or conjunct the sun or conjunct the moon, you know, conjunct an important planet um, or an angle. And that's a prominent placement of Jupiter. Um, then they they are going to experience, you know, from what I've observed, both the light and the shadow aspects of Jupiter. You know, they may be very lucky in a lot of ways. They may seem like really, you know, like they draw blessings to them without much effort, uh, something like that. But then they could also have problems with, uh, with discipline, you know, with, uh, it's almost like things could come so easily to them that they don't develop, um, you know, really good sense of work ethic or discipline. And then at some point the luck may run out. You know, maybe they're going through a Saturn transit. <laughs> mm. They have to really work, you know, at something and they don't know how to do it. Um, so there's case scenarios like that, you know, that, where I've seen that actually play out in a person's chart from their natal chart. So um, we can, so for Jupiter, we can evoke Jupiter to manifest, increase influence, improve luck, find a sense of purpose, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm. So, sh- do you, should I go on to the actual cards, or do you want to? Should we go flip back and talk about? Well, maybe maybe I'll just talk briefly about the astrological Jupiter, and then and then we can look at the cards and then the reading. Does that sound good? Sounds great to me. Okay. So, just to um, lay out the astrological Jupiter briefly, um, I would use many of the same keywords as you did. Um, expansion, growth, optimism, luck, opportunity, abundance, fortune, and confidence. Uh, those are all to me positive uh, traits of Jupiter. When you're using your Jupiter in a positive way, you move towards those things. And the negative would be overindulgence, overextension, arrogance, narcissism, pretension, pretentiousness, and hubris. Um, so very similar, you know, uh, keywords. And Jupiter, as you um, mentioned, rules Sagittarius. I'm not sure if you mentioned that. So 
Jupiter rules Sagittarius and rules the ninth house and is the ancient ruler of Pisces in the 12th house. And so when Jupiter moves through a chart, it takes about a year to go through one house and a year through one sign, roughly. So Jupiter cycle all the way around the chart is 12 years. And so sometimes I will look at that in astrology and look at someone's Jupiter return uh, time, which is every 12 years, and look at those cycles and what's going on at those times for questions around, you know, opportunity periods, uh, periods to take more risks and to move uh, towards growth and expansion in whatever area that their natal Jupiter is. And so, you know, ultimately your natal Jupiter's placement can indicate where when you take a leap of faith, you're able to tap into a source of good luck, wealth, and opportunity. And the house and sign placement can also point towards where what I call your own inner life coach resides. <laughs> so what what kind of things help you to gain a sense of confidence, faith, and optimism? And the sign in the house describe that. And, and yeah, and you would expect them to, to be pretty close because, you know, tarot takes mm-hmm. Jupiter meetings from astrology. <laughs> right, right. Pretty similar. So the card associated with Jupiter in the major arcana is the Wheel of Fortune. So the, the Wheel of Fortune, I think, is a pretty good fit for Jupiter for some of the, the qualities of expansiveness and luck. And I don't know, would you say there's a sense of um, timing and things needing to be happening at the right time in the right place? Yeah, the, to me, when I look at the Wheel of Fortune, it's, you know, fortunes fortunes come and there's a whimsical quality about it. Like, But yeah, you have to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and fortunes can be up, fortunes can be down. You know, I guess the, the thing about the Wheel of Fortune that Jupiter doesn't really seem to cover for me is um, like a cyclical year, is that sometimes you have to wait mm-hmm. for the right season for something. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I mean, that doesn't feel so much like Jupiter. No, that's that doesn't connect to Jupiter for me. The other two cards that I picked were that I actually wanted to talk about were the Emperor for the obvious reasons, I think he looks the more the most like Zeus. Mm-hmm. That that you know all those things about him, and he yeah. was um, Jupiter was the personification of divine authority of Rome's highest offices. And he also has the ram's heads, right? Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I realized that it you know that they're there for Aries, but it also really reminded me of that. Yeah, Egyptian god star. And then the other one that I just had to say was um, justice, because um, all of the attributes of Jupiter, of uh, the crown, the sword, and the throne, she's sitting there with. Mm-hmm. And there are no, there are no big um, astrological connections between Jupiter with Aries and Libra, mm-hmm. right? No. But no. The cards kind of look like those qualities. Yeah, definitely. No, I can totally see that. So all of the fours, you can also say, because of um, four on the tree of life is Jupiter. Mm -hmm. So they they all have that quality. And actually, I would say that the fours are very emperor-like. And so, you know, they're they're assigned to Jupiter, but it's that quality of Jupiter. And so we have the four of wands, which is perfected work, the four of cups, blended pleasure, 
the Four of Swords, Rest from Strife, and the Four of Pentacles, the Sun and Capricorn. And it's the Four of Swords only that is um, has the double Jupiter. So Jupiter and Libra. Right. So what do you make of that, you know, when you look at that card? Does that feel like Jupiter to you, though? Not at all. Yeah, it doesn't to me either. Yeah. The only one in there that totally ties into, or actually the two that totally tie into Jupiter would be the, uh, of course, first would be blended pleasure. Because to me, that's both the light and the shadow of Jupiter. That can be overindulgence and becoming, you know, over <laughs> overwhelmed with pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. But then uh, perfected work. I mean, that's got kind of a happy Jupiterian feeling, you know, when you look at that card visually, mm-hmm. which is the impress- impression of it. But, okay. you know, I would also say the earthly power works. Yeah, I was going to make an argument for that. Yeah. You know, because that with earthly power, he has all of the, you know, every resource in the physical right. world. And- that's true. And he's on a throne, you know, or he's, he's like a king. Yeah. I'm going to make an argument for the four of swords. Okay. Um, so rest from strife. Plenty of time, plenty of space to think your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. A very small case, but <laughs> I haven't. So the like minor arcana that are attributed to Jupiter, and I have to say, just in general, I would say the elements are more predominant in the, the imagery than the astrological attributions. Mm-hmm. And I think. In, in this case, quite a bit so. Yeah. Um, I'll run through them. The Eight of Swords is um, Jupiter and Gemini, it's shortened force. The Six of Wands is Jupiter and Leo and victory. The Four of Swords is Jupiter and, Jupiter and Libra, sorrow. The Two of Pentacles is Jupiter and Capricorn, harmonious change. And the Nine of Cups is Jupiter and Pisces, material happiness. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed this go-around that really very little of the... Um, astrological attributions are really seem to be shown in the cards. Yeah. It just, the whole thing seemed like a huge stretch. Mm-hmm. Me. Mm-hmm. I was not able to find anything that I really thought was really great. Mm-hmm. Usually I could pick out a, you know, a sentence or two for somebody who had Jupiter and Gemini that you could say, yeah, that would illustrate them. But, right. And shortened force is a really bad one. For That's that. really bad. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the opposite land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, the other ones, not so, you know, we can make a case, mm-hmm. I think, um, but not Jupiter and Gemini. <laughs> I'm not seeing the case there. I mean, the only thing, I mean, and this is a, a, a huge stretch. So the quality of Jupiter and Gemini is the ability to see things from other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And it it could seem like she's standing there and unable to move because she's taking that into consideration. Hmm. That, that's a big stretch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good one, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's more of a, you know, what if this, what if I were telling a story about that? Right. Right. If we made a story out of that. But yeah, Jupiter and Pisces is really obvious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because he looks like Jupiter. I mean, he looks like Father Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does. Yeah. He's squat fat man with a bunch of cups, you know. <laughs> well, on the six of wands, you know, Jupiter and Leo. I mean, that actually kind of looks, oh, that's my card. Sorry for that. Yeah. 
So, you know, it is like the you can see success there and kind of public acclaim that I would associate with Liam. Yeah, I agree. And actually, Jupiter and Capricorn, Harmonious Change, the Two of Pentacles. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about that, so he's like doing two jobs, really. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a very Capricorn thing to do. Oh, very much so. Yeah, and, and able to do it, you know, is getting the benefit of it and the resources from it. Okay, well, that's about, I think that's all I would, would say about those. Yeah, those are good. Very disappointed about the um, combination of planets and the sign. Yeah. I really wanted, and I, I worked hard at that. I spent, you know, hours trying to, to oh. find somebody who's had something to say about those combinations that fit the cards. Well, what do you make of that? Anything? Like, what what does that say about these connections, you know, between, are we, you know, we've asked this before, I think. Are we trying to force the connection? I mean, there's a connection, like you said. Tarot gets its associations from astrology, but. Well, I think one thing that, that is definitely the case is that those attributions were not the primary source of imagery for the cards. Mm-hmm. But you can use them. So they become something you can do separately that's separate from what you're looking at. Yeah. I, I prefer that they did. Yeah. But, you know, the, the card sources come from a combination of Attila and um, Golden Dawn, kind of a combined. Right. And so his, his, you know, Attila was such, was the fort, such a um, card playing fortune teller. Mm-hmm. Well, I and find any time the, the cards really don't look like the Golden Dawn is because they come straight from him. Uh huh. Well, I just know when I when I do a reading, uh, and I'm using, I actually use your, I read your interpretations a lot from that book that <laughs> that you wrote in. Uh, um, Legacy of the Divine. Yes, and uh, I love that you have the astrological attributions right there as part of it because not all books do have that, um, because as an astrologer, it really helps me to think of the cards as another possible meaning for that card for me that day. Right. Yeah. And without a doubt, Chiro was not thinking about that when he drew the cards. Right, right. We could then go on and look at our readings and the the amazing Jupiter spread that you created. You know, um, it's really, I always learn from doing it. Mm-hmm. And I strive to, you know, find things about, like, the planet that I would want to bring into a reading. Yeah. And, try, and, and I'm not always successful at laying them out in a meaningful way. But that's, you know, my, that's what I'm trying to attempt to do. The thing that I didn't realize when I, before I did this is that, like, the sign for Saturn mm-hmm. and the sign for Jupiter are kind of, like, flipped from each other. They are. You're right. I didn't know that. I, well, I hadn't, I kind of realized that it's a little different, but it's the same basic shape and it's similar to the one that we did for the Saturn, mm-hmm. except upside down. Right. And that's why I was, you know, I was looking at the, wow, if I flip that up, it's a little bit, you'd almost have to um, flip it twice, like horizontally and vertically, mm-hmm. you know, to get the mirror image of it. But... Yeah. So um, where, where should we start? Do we want to do yours or mine? Well, let's start with, with yours. So um, the questions that I picked for the positions for Jupiter are, and they they kind of go in the shape with a cross again. Mm -hmm. 
is what opportunities are available, what is something to be optimistic about, how can I be generous, where am I lucky, and where will I get an even break? And so um, what opportunities are available to a pinnacle? And um, just in the last couple of days, I've decided that what I really want to do is um, look at renting a space in the, in, in the city yeah. to, do, to do readings out of. Oh, cool. I've kind of been on hiatus, even more so from podcasting yeah. than from doing readings for people. I just haven't had the, the time or energy, and I'd like to do it. And I'd like to have a nice space. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the opportunity that's available to me Yeah, <laughs> is to do that. Right. And so to have like the two of pentacles representing the other job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's something to be optimistic about is the page of wands. And I don't really, I, you know, nothing really came to mind. You know, there are two pages in this spread. It's just, you know, kind of optimism and, you know, trying something new. Right. And so that could be the same thing. Yeah, I think to me it's like a fresh a fresh start, something to get excited about. I have not been excited about much in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, how can I be generous? The Six of Swords, um, earn success. Looks like, sh- you know, helping other people out, which could be the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, actually, you know, coming to, which is some of the reason that you would read for somebody. Yeah. Just to be a service for them. Um, where am I lucky? The Page of Cups. Mm-hmm. That one, you know, was also kind of hard. I could see what I see with that is is being getting an offer. You know, so it's like something falls into your cup, like mm-hmm. the fish. You know, um, <laughs> I'm just picturing, you know, like my drink talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when I think of the Page of Cups, I, you know, I think of, it's, you know, young energy again. So it could yeah. be, you know, a sense of fresh optimism. And there's kind of a, like where the Page of Wands would be much more energetic and adventurous. Mm-hmm. The Page of Cups is a little gentler, maybe more timid, more um, poetic. Yeah. It's not that kind of bold flashy energy it's a little more reserved and it could be trying you know trying out that in i would be lucky if i tried out things that were more intuitive Mm -hmm. right or you know that kind of expression and where i will get an even break is the knight of pentacles Hmm. and so i'm actually glad to see that because you know the the thing that I'm hot on this week is, you know, looking at renting space and the consideration is, you know, can I afford it? Is it worth it worth doing? And it looks like an even break Yeah. <laughs> on that. That looks, I mean, he's got money in his hand. He's handed it to you. So. <laughs> and that was one of the cards that came up. It, um, a reading on location. What, what I'm thinking about doing is renting one of the, uh, a room in one of the active space buildings. Mm-hmm. And that card came up for one of the locations. So that's really, to me, a very hopeful reading. Yeah. It, it does seem optimistic. It does. <laughs> well, let's look at yours. So um, for you, what opportunities are available? And I didn't know this about your Jupiter, but, it, you know, <laughs> prudence, it's hard work, getting really good at, you know, mm-hmm. 
getting better and better. Yeah. Thing that you're working on. Yeah, that that rings true. As I'm, you know, working on different crafts, um, both writing and astrology, it's like I I actually am learning to enjoy the process of of working at it more than I used to. So, and it does seem to bring opportunities when I just start working on something new and have to develop new skills. And what you have to be optimistic about <laughs> is the two of pentacles. Mm-hmm. But you again. got your, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, juggling all the things that you juggle. Yeah. Which I'm a juggler. <laughs> um, how get, so how can you be generous, the two of wands? And when I saw that, I thought of, you know, you sharing your vision with other people. Oh, I like that. That's very, I like that for that card. And what brings good luck to you is the Ten of Wands, which is the Lord of Oppression. Nice. And really hard, that hard work mm-hmm. brings luck to you. Yeah, no getting around that. <laughs> and that fits into your, um, your chart. Yeah, it definitely does. And where you'll get an even break is the, the Six of Swords. Yeah, and I wasn't too sure about that. What that, so what? What do you think that means? Well, so you know, if I were, you know, on my case, it was, um, you know, being so earned success would be, you know, you get rewarded for your effort mm-hmm. for one, so you get an even break on that. Mm-hmm. And you know, in particular, it looks like the person is helping somebody else. Yeah, and so you're not going to get fame and glory from helping other people. You're just going to get compensated fairly for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that fits. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, I mean, and sometimes the motivation for helping other people is fame and glory or to be right. not a good person. Right. Or whatever. So. Right. I guess that's a fair warning. <laughs> it's also a fair warning not to overextend yourself. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because it won't be like, I'll be getting tenfold, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be a hero for doing it. No. Well, I like that a lot. It's it's both, you know, both of those feel very encouraging to me. And as it should be. It's a Jupiter reading. So if we're really taking it as these questions, um, as you wrote them, invoke Jupiter, they it really does bring a sense of hope and optimism and what and what the answers are. Yeah, and, and since, you know, I wanted to, to do it as an invoking, mm-hmm. I, you know, I had, I had, I was careful to say rather than what is the current state? It's like how, you know. Mm-hmm. Your questions are great. I love, love the questions for this. Well, good. <laughs> I did my homework. <laughs> is that it? I think that's about, that's about it. We covered a lot of, of ground. And Jupiter's pretty big, so we did well. This is pretty big. We didn't run over. <laughs> yeah. Which you might expect. Right. Next time we're on Mars. So I've that's that'll be fun for an for an Aries. Yeah. I I'm all I'm all about Mars. <laughs> I'll actually have quite a bit to say because um I ordered a Mars talisman from the Renaissance Magic yeah. website. So I've been doing I've been consecrating it all week. Oh very and nice. Sitting and meditating on um this picture of Mars. 
Well, then by the time we do the report. yeah, by the time we do the show, you'll be you'll be all marsed up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not you know, yeah, making war with somebody. You <laughs> know. All right. Well, thank you, Lisa. Well, thanks.